everybody, and welcome to another week of board shenanigans. As always, I'm joined by the venerable Reverend Brewer, a man so useless he's like driving with the sunshade up in your car window. And I am here with uh, Cody James, who is both simultaneously the, the experience of having constipation and diarrhea. <laughs> I kind of pulled that one out of my ass right there, but... I saw that, yeah. I, I, def I definitely thought like, you felt... You probably felt like you were falling behind and then you had to do something to catch up with it. Yeah, I know. I figured it out. No, yeah. yeah it was just... It was, it was just running... It was running all over the place or it wasn't going to come at all. Yes. I, I, I feel for, I, I kind of feel your in your windows are getting mixed a little here. I'm not sure if you're trying to disgust me or, or turn me on. Or if you're well, trying to, like, quote songs from, from Forrest Gump. I mean, it was poop humor. It was the best I could come up with. I'm sorry. I, I, well, I feel I know, it should I know be it, flushed. Maybe I, know it was a little it I know it was a little fecal in nature, and I, I apologize for that. Uh, your, your, your jokes your, stink, Cody. Yeah, your, yeah, your, blue, your, your blue humor's awfully brown, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> um... So your brown humor is awfully blue? I don't know, actually. Uh. <laughs> well, in a minute, it's going to be like you're flirting with me. Like, I'm going to turn your brown eye into a blue one in a minute. Like, good God, stop flirting with me, but, man. What does that What does that entail? I think it's is, like is that a sex thing? Is, 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 is that something we should be Googling? It's, no, it's like implying like anal rape is what it's getting at. Yes, anal rape within the first five minutes of the show. Look, that's board shenanigans for you there, kids. Well, is, isn't that like, well, isn't that like a, a like a, a old country song something about your, your making your brown eyes blue? Now I gotta look it up. I believe it now is. It's, like, it's, a, it's a lady that sings it. Um, what is, who is it? Oh, it's been a long time since I've heard it. I'll let Cody look it up. I don't feel like Googling. Don't make my... It's don't make my brown eyes blue. Like, don't make her cry. Uh, Not don't make your blue eyes... Br or your <laughs> well, I didn't say that it was exactly about poop or anal rape. I just said, isn't that an old, old country song? I'm sure it's about, you know, mama and trains and prison. Um, I'm just going to look at the lyrics so we can... So we can see uh, if, if we can make it into poop humor. <laughs> I'm sending you the lyrics right now. Okay. Uh, so you can enjoy this with me. Uh, I, I am thoroughly oh, no. waiting for, for link lyrics. Lyric links. Or, or if you're just going to paste them in there or not. You're just going to paste them in there to confuse us later. I, I understand. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Okay. Thinking that it's anal rape and the lyrics to this song are Don't know when I've been so blue. Don't know what's come over you. You found someone new and it did. Don't make my brown eye blue. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, presumably it's about anal rape. I'll gone. be fine when you're gone, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll just cry all night long saying, is it true? Don't make my brown eyes blue. Uh, <laughs> oh. I mean, it's a lot like my, you know, my, my one about, uh, you know, hold on loosely where it's about, you know, about masturbating. Oh, God. Well, that puts this song into a whole new perspective that I've never heard. I don't think I've ever heard this song before, but that's just funny to me. I hope I do hear it now so I can tee-hee about how it... Uh, about how, it's, about, about <laughs> how it, it, it reminds you of uh, anal rapage? Yep. I guess it's a new kind of prison song. <laughs> Indeed. Nobody knows the troubles I've My seen. Anus seen. <laughs> Nobody knows but Bubba. I've been knocked all around. My teeth knocked to the ground. Nobody knows but the troubles I've seen. Nobody knows but me. 
I'll walk all bow-legged. <laughs> I was really going to go as long as you were going to go, but I think we were both, like, racing each other on that, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of waiting on you to run out of wanting to play harmonica. I know I was out of country anal rape blues songs. <laughs> you know how it is whenever you're sitting there and you run out of country anal rape blues songs. No, I and don't. It's like, and it's like, man, what do I play in my iTunes playlist next? Maybe this is just a problem for me. It, maybe. W- w- would you like to tell us about it? I think I... <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh yes so no nothing wonderful and or exciting um, just uh I, I, just that i mean it's questionable if it's wonderful and it's you know on the fence of if it's, if it's exciting or not but i'm sure there's something i could talk about so buckle up for excitement and fanciful adventure. World of boundless imagination will be coming upon you in a minute. I've had the world's most ineventful day, which is great, I guess. Um, well, so, you, so did you accomplish absolutely nothing? Was it everything you wanted to be? Oh more? God, was it? Um, you know, first off, I saw that the the professional was on TV. Now, I would like to note that it was the professional that was on TV, which was actually the reason why I watched it. If I forgot if it was, it was the professional, not Leon, and not Leon the professional, but the professional. Which are like, Brewer, what's the distinction between this? Well, they're all the same movie, just edited to different lengths and versions with more or less amounts that would make uh, Humbert Humbert happy. So basically what you're saying, because isn't it Leon the Professional's like the badass version? The yeah, that's, the, one that's that... the badass version of it. Uh, the Professional was the original American release of it. Leon was the release of it uh, uh, foreignly because they thought no one would go see a movie titled Leon. Which, frankly, I'm with them. Um, I think that's a horrible name for the movie. I think the best name for the movie would probably be Leon the Professional, or just the Professional. I think that's the... As far as titles go, uh, that's what I would That's what I would call it. Or Gunslinger Girls Live Action, one of the two. Uh, <laughs> or the closest thing that you're going to get to a Gunslinger Girls Live Action? I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could just put it right on the nose, you know. <laughs> Feel horrible feelings about young Natalie Portman. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gary Oldman fucks everyone's shit up. To call that. Gary Oldman is on some sort of drug, but we don't really know what it is because it is very inconsistent actions with any sort of drug. Um, I, I just, I just kind of, I guess you really could have just called it like, uh, I can't remember that guy's name. I know it's like John something, like it's the G-E-A-N. Oh, John Reno? G- yeah, him. Like, I, honestly, I don't even think you need to put a title. Just put his name and Gary Oldman's name and I think that'd be enough for me. Yeah, like, like, holy crap, I'm in. Like, it's questionable if, if Jean Reno actually does speak English uh, at this point. <laughs> but it's a really great movie is what we're trying to say, but its title is confusing. Um, it, it's it's a great, great movie, and, and if you couldn't figure out what the hell it's about from us babbling about its title, um, it's about young, it's, it's Natalie Portman's first movie when she's like 12, and Jean Reno, who I, I really, I can't think of, uh, he was in the new he, Pink Panthers. He was in, he was in Ronan. He was awesome in Ronin. Yeah, it was like, realistically, he doesn't do many English-speaking movies, but when he does, they're awesome, um, generally. Well, I, 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 you know, I just said that, and then I mentioned he was in the Pink Panther movies. He's the best thing in those movies. He he was the only good part of that god that god-awful Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick in it. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. I, sadly, I probably would have watched it if I knew that. Well, he's the best part of that movie if it happens to pop up. All right, well. Um, it's also done by, um, fucking, I can't think, uh, uh, uh Luke Benson, uh, who would be the guy that, that did uh, The Fifth Element, which he actually did this movie while they were waiting for Bruce Willis to be free to do The Fifth 
development. So he wrote it and like shot it in like a week. Like the entire process of the movie like took like a week or so to do. From from maybe it was two weeks. It was, it was under a month is what I'm saying. It was incredibly fast. Like written, produced, edited, and done. Like while we were waiting on Bruce Willis to you know live to you know to to die again harder or something or get hard and about people dying or something. He couldn't find his Dallas multipass. Is yeah, what the problem yeah. was. Yeah, we, yeah, we were waiting for that, and yeah, it was so. Which funny, yes. funny thing about the Fifth Element was I like tried to watch that with Madison and did not preface it or warn her. And like, I feel like that's a movie you kind of have to give somebody a like spoiler alert or uh, at least a like like warning. This is about to ha- this is about to get crazy, and I didn't really do that. She lost interest pretty quick. It's like ah, that's that's enough of this. So yeah, like I mean, I remember when it came out originally, I was not interested in it because I think the trailers didn't portray that either and the way they portrayed it didn't interest me but like i was flipping through channels when you know one day after it was on you know after it was already on tv and i'm like started watching like what is this actually i think i was like what's with this hot orange haired girl chick that's a lot of qualifiers for the fact she's a girl in there wasn't it (laughs) by the way she's feminine (laughs) i made myself laugh Sorry. <laughs> Which, ironically enough, this movie also stars Gary Oldman as the as a villain. As, yeah, as a bad guy as well, yeah. Um, he's equally as awesome. And, and, you know, realistically, there is a lot of similarities between them, I, I, I feel. Um, guess let's play this game. Similarities between the fifth element and, and the professional. One, um, well, as aforementioned, girl chicks um, are both crazy and strange um, and have inappropriate relationships with older men. Yeah, um, they're, they're, that's, that's definitely a thing, yeah. Um, Gary Oldman is, both, is, is a bad guy in both of them, and also has has interesting hair in both of them I feel um or <laughs> now the now the one thing that I definitely feel where the professional excels that the fifth element does not does not excel in is you have the extremely annoying character of Chris Tucker in the fifth element and there's really not that level of annoyance in the other in the professional no no there's really just I mean except for but you get the satisfaction of them all dying at the beginning which you're supposed to hate them I think um you know the uh, uh, Matilda's family yeah I guess that is true but I, I think you're you're supposed to hate them <clears throat> I definitely agree that that is Chris Tucker's most iconic role. Like I, I, I think that. I don't think I've seen him in, any, or purposely seen him in anything else. Uh, he's in all the uh, Rush Hour movies. So. That's true. Yeah, that is him. And, yeah, where he plays the same person. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Things are happening, and I'm freaking out in a high pitched voice. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, uh, people in the future, for hearing that again. That's <laughs> what he sounds like. It is. <laughs> so yeah, so anywho, um, the professional and why it's and, and it's awesome. I guess is what I'm saying. And and it was the professional that was on the the cut version, which the uncut version is is legitimately like 30 minutes longer, 45 minutes longer. Um, if you're curious what it was cut out, Cody, since I know you've seen the good version, um, the really awkward um quote unquote sleeping together scene was cut. Yeah, I know that. I because actually the DV, the DVD copy I have is the prof- just the professional version. So there, yeah, oh yeah, and there was that, and like the entire scene where they do the ring trick the first time not in there um and i feel there was like a lot of like little bits of of montage cut out because i feel like it's a lot of montage in that movie i feel like they they cut out in the tv version they cut out the part where she's dressed up like marilyn monroe and singing to him because come on if that doesn't have pedophilia written all over it (laughs) or 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 when he's or when she's singing like a virgin and as we all know is a song about you know a a dick fucking magnet like you know a a coos for dick you know getting a dick (laughs) so big that it physically hurts her (laughs) Uh. Um, you know like morning noon night dick 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 how many dicks is that (laughs) a lot (laughs) 
I think I can still do that entire speech. I don't know. I, I, I'll try on my off hours doing that. I, I won't subject you all to it. If you want to hear it, um, I know it's been recorded. I, I think, in fact, in Jesus's cunt. Yes, there was a lot of dick in Jesus's cunt. I think. Oh, hey, other thing that uh, that direct that Luke Besson directed that I didn't realize he directed is uh, he directed the three burials of Michaelis Estrada, which is a fantastic movie. If nobody's ever seen it, uh, it's basically a modern day western, but it has Tommy Lee Jones in it, and it kind of follows it, he works at a he owns a ranch and he has a guy that's an illegal alien that works for him and they have like a pretty good friendship and it kind of follows he winds up dying and it kind of follows his revenge story but it's a fucking fantastic movie hmm. so i i have not seen it I, i'll so. take your word for it i just i didn't realize he directed it because i i genuinely really enjoyed that movie i think in general he does pretty good things on, on average or at least you know maybe good is niche Cult classics, maybe, could be a good way to put it. Um, right. Because, um, you know, Fifth Element's good, kind of. Uh, it's it's weird. You have to you have to really like hard sci-fi, I think. Yeah, I, I think that's one you, you really... It's it's a hard watch the first time, because it's like, what the... Who? What the fuck? Holy chick singing and rapping at the same time with opera. What the fuck's going on here? And <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, but, um, yeah, that, that's, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know how to describe the fifth element other than, yeah. Um, also, I haven't seen it. Give it a whirl. I mean, that's the only thing I could say. Um, other than that, the, the, the sheer lack of things I've done today is, um, so you're, you're going to take a big tangent down Brewer's life here in a minute. Um, so I, I guess once again, buckle up for, 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 for an exciting romp. Um, all right, I've got my water bottle and my day pack ready. Oh, that's good. You're going to need both of those and probably a multi-pass. All righty. Get and, your Sherpas, kids. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no passport needed. Um, also, what a quick thing of the professional that I forgot to mention. You get to see someone's best friend be a plant. Good point. Um, that's I don't a, know of another film that that happens in. No. I, you should never get to see a potted plant as a key element in a story. I don't think in any other movie. Yeah, that's, that's very true. <laughs> Anywho. I mean, the only other important plant thing that, that I can think of in any other form of fiction is Toad from Mario, because he's a mushroom. Uh, so, yeah. I guess that's, 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 that's the only other one I can think of. But anyway, go right ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywho. So, so I was looking... I, I was I'm just going to kind of retell this, hopefully the short version of this. I got lost on the internet looking at mods for Civilization, which where I found that in the looking of that, one, um, XCOM, which I've mentioned on here before, great, really old video game about saving the Earth from alien invasions. It's turn-based, and it's overly well thought out for how old of a game it is, as far as, like, the mechanics and, like, the little details on how you play it. Apparently, people have just rebuilt that, and it's now open source, so I believe if you just search for open XCOM, you'll probably find it, and there may or may not be a link for it, because that thing seems to happen less and less nowadays. Also in this, because you might remember that they recently, uh, uh, Firaxis did a remake of it a while back. XCOM, Enemy Unknown, or, en yeah. And, um, where some of the stuff was simplified and to make the game prettier. And it was fun. It had a lot of the charm of the old one. I, I can see the box of it sitting right here. I wear a patch of it on my jacket. It was great. Um, but somebody else, apparently at the same time, when they were making theirs, XCOM has been a game that's been remade many times within, like, a very short period. Because there was that. There's also a game referred to as The Bureau, which is the FPS of XCOM, set in the 50s. So and if you like the one that, that, like, everybody hates and, like, you know, betrayal and whatnot, is that the one? I, maybe, because uh, originally I thought that was the only version that was coming out, but they decided that they were going to do both of these. So they're like, hey, we're going to do this, like, 50s weird version, and which I haven't played yet, though I am a little intrigued. And then there's the, the, ex, the, the newer one, which is a little simpler for sure. And then there's, um, oh, fuck, I don't even know if I'm going to remember the name of it. I want... <sighs> 
Xenonauts, that's what it is. I know, it's the name you'd expect for it to have, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the most faithful reconstruction of XCOM uh, to the original one. But they, they took, <laughs> though they made it harder, <laughs> is one of the things. It's updated where it looks kind of, you know, Super Nintendo-esque in, in like, some of the stuff. And it it's actually looks really enjoyable, and I probably am going to purchase this. Because I think it might have everything I want, want in, in a new XCOM game. Maybe like Game Boy Advanced feeling is probably the graphics quality of it. And th there's a new new system for shooting down the UFOs where you actually control the airplane in like a top-down radar kind of fashion. And I, I think they made it slightly more realistic as far as you're going to suck for the vast majority of it, you're going to be, like, outmanned and outgunned on every mission for a lot longer, and resource management is going to be a lot harder, and the better you do with the game, the harder the enemies are going to get quicker, so it's almost like you have to, like, manage how how purposely how good you are, because if you get, if you, if you do too well too quickly, you'll, you'll lose. Anywho, it, it, it looks very interesting, and there's that. That's all to say, I was like, well, I was looking at that game, and then, then I found, I was like, oh, that's right, the new Dragon Age 3 is, you know, out, and I was like, man, you know, I've played the other two of them, but in the, in, the, in all this time, I've I have not been able to keep up with the save files. Actually, this is like the third, second or third time I've lost save files to it. And I'm like, there's no way I'm just I I can't replay Origins and two all over again. I I just don't have the time or the inclination or or the feeling to do it. Cause almost Dragon Age is a weird game for me. It it seems to always happen. It, for the time, it kind of feels almost like a chore because I want to play it, but I then want to play all of it. Then I have this weird thing of like, well, do I replay it because the same way I did last time, so I can you know see how that pans out in the next new one or what do i do or um i was like oh well you know i lost it so i guess fuck i'm not gonna play it because i lost my save files and eh, that probably it might happen eventually well apparently you don't even import your save files into it now because i guess they because ea sucks balls is really what it is but instead you go online and you fill out this 300 question questionnaire um i guess which is implied by the, the term 300 questions so i guess you fill out the 300 questionnaire well, that doesn't sound right either anywho semantics aside <laughs> semantic side quest oh god um i got sucked into doing that because i'm like well i guess that's the plus of this is that i can i can do this and you know Four hours later, I, you know, I, I basically replayed both games, you know, watching through videos, reading the old quest uh, things on the wiki, and so I just played through both Dragon Ages today, I guess, is one way to put it, and may or may not be playing Inquisition, and I guess if you gamers out there care about its things, I'll inform you of it later, if I ever do play it, or when I do, or when I beat it, or something, I don't know. You understand, you understand how this works by now, but at the end of all that, you know, um, <laughs> at the end of that quest line, I, I, I was proposed a new one, which was the, the top ten, like, hoaxes of video games, which was interesting. They were all the ones you'd expect. Um, you know, you can save Ares. There's going to be a new Final Fantasy VII. Um, uh, Lara Croft is naked. Uh, you know, th the usual. There's supposed to be a dragon in Fable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was very much the all, all the all the usual uh, 64 GoldenEye. You can reunite all the James Bonds. Right. Anywho, that wasn't really interesting. But at the bottom of it, there was like the... I, I got clickbaited again into why, why critics love Mountain, but Steam users call it worthless. And I was like, what does this mean? I, I feel I must understand this 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 title. So I started reading about it because that's generally how you do it. I tried rubbing my feet across the keyboard. Didn't help me understand the, the title any. So I decided <laughs> to use my eyes to read it. At least it doesn't work um, right now doing it that way. One day, I, I'm, I'm sure our, 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 you know, overlords of technology will allow us to learn things by rubbing our feet across them. Um, better question is, is that a world you want to live in? <laughs> <laughs> It depends on what you're learning, I guess, right? right? And who learned it first? Mm, uh.
<laughs> and if you're Quentin Tarantino, he's got a foot fetish. Anywho. Well, I mean, I figured anybody that would write something about how they're being the foot fucking master probably did. Indeed. Um, I actually heard confirmation of that from, from some source recently, but I can't tell you what now. I feel it was somebody from Kill Bill. Well, wouldn't it put, like, a whole, like, light to it if it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, Harvey Keitel? <laughs> It's like, you should have seen the interviews they made us do. <laughs> when, when we were auditioning for the part, everyone had to take their shoes off. At first, we thought it was some sort of weird religious synagogue kind of place, but then it was just Tarantino laying on the floor, staring at them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if you ever get on a Tarantino movie and he wants to give you a foot massage, let him. He's got a knack. <laughs> Though I was seeing his Hattori Hanzo sword was getting a little unsheathed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, he, he was pulling the old watch out of his ass, if you know what I mean. <laughs> his Django was unchained, if you know what I mean. Oh. <laughs> his garage didn't say dead nigger storage, if you know what I mean. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that's a sexual innuendo. I don't know either. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if you said that to a girl at a bar. I wonder how that'd turn out for you. Um, what color is she? <laughs> well, I, I don't think... I, hey, I don't discriminate here. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Um, I, th I think the reaction would probably be very similar, no matter no matter the ethnicity. Probably. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Confusion. <laughs> Confusion followed by nudity? Yes. Um, sadly, your own nudity. Um, <laughs> your brown eye will be made blue then. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, what about this mountain game that's a, that's a screensaver or whatever? Like, tell me about this. I'm, I'm, well, I'm intrigued by I, this. I will, even though I didn't actually mention the screensaver part to it yet. Are you a mind reader, Cody? When have you been studying the arts of mentalism? Well, you know, that and homeopathy are uh, often a uh, passion and hobby of mine. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Um, well, speaking of being diluted, this game, um... Because <laughs> I am the Segway fucking master... <laughs> Um, this, this game, it's, um, it takes on the aspect of, I think you are the mountain or, or your job is, I, well, I, I guess at the very beginning of it, it is, it says you are mountain, you are God. And it takes the guise of a mountain that is literally just floating in an empty void. It spins and, um, I guess you can spin it as well and zoom in and out on said mountain. And occasionally it reflects upon its life. And the seasons go by, day and night turns. It's a lot like, you know, whenever you're watching a sitcom and they want to show the passage of time. Oh, hey, yeah, that's a good call. But it's a mountain that is that reflects upon life's big questions. So, like, what does it say? Like, you know, to rock or not to rock? That is the question? I mean, what, what, what does it say? Well, this, this game reminds me a lot of the Stanley Parable in, in, in this regard. For instance, one thing I know it says is, uh, can I do better than this? Or, maybe I'm alone because my trees are ugly. And, uh, yes, I will be looking up more things this mountain says, because I'm actually thoroughly intrigued about this mountain and its life, or lack thereof. Or, I guess it's concept of trying to figure out if it has a life or not. Though, you know, I, which I guess raises the question to all of us, if we can ponder our life, does that necessarily mean we have one? So, I guess my question to you is, if, if it's, a, it's a floating mountain game, you don't really do anything. I know, I know whenever uh, you and I discussed this pre-show... What? We never do that. <laughs> right. Uh, what, what do they call it? Like, uh, first-person relaxation or something like that? Oh, oh what, what did he call it? It was a very intriguing title name. Uh, mountain Simulator or Relax Em Up. That was it. Relax Em Up. <laughs> Rel yeah, it was Relax Em Up or, or Art Horror, I think was a, a term I... Which, which is kind of what I was wondering. Is this one of those games that's supposed to be like video games or art kind of thing? And it's it's 
artsy, I, it's not weird? Is it one of those things that we're not understanding because our brows are too low? I don't know. With my sheer intrigue about it, I feel I'm understanding it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I was once a philosophy major, which might explain a lot for you people now if you haven't known this. I, I don't know. Like, I think, I mean, it only costs a dollar. So I think it was somebody's idea of like, let's just see how weird we can get or you know, how weird we can get and still like see if anybody will, will buy it literally and, and metaphorically. And I, I and I think along the way they decided like, well, let's the easiest way to be weird is, is to be introspective. And you're like, well, you know, because I think presumably the stuff it says is stuff I guess we should all really be thinking about. But it's not definitely the medium for, medium for it. Realistically, a screensaver of it would probably be the medium for it. You know, something you can just have running on your desktop and because i think that's almost kind of the idea is you turn it on and you, you open it up underneath everything else you're doing and you occasionally look at it and you, you see it spinning it's occasional chimes it makes and it's it's thought on its life does the mountain die when you turn it off i mean it i, I don't get me wrong like i'm definitely a fan of like the introspective and like going you know going through another another door to reflect on things and to put to push you know the acceptable consciousness of things. I'm definitely a fan of that, and I, I agree with you on the concept of it's only a dollar. So I mean, it's it's a, all you're really doing is supporting it a little bit. And I mean, realistically, from a interactive experience, I mean, you might get that out of it if you let it. And plus, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know I, how you can be duped. Apparently, some of that's like the criticism is people feel duped by the game. Like, because I guess why they feel this way. I mean, maybe maybe they feel duped a lot. Like, um, I guess when you want go to watch Catfish, you think you're into for a horror movie where people get eaten and nobody gets eaten in it um, spoiler alert i guess i mean so what, what i'm wondering though is do you think that maybe perhaps this is one of those things that this is the best media and median available to it but it may not necessarily be it may it may not be in you know for this concept to exist it may not be in the best media you know in the best median and the reason i'm saying that is because um i know andy warhol has has that movie that's where it, it's on the sea i think it's two hours of the seer's tower and it just watches the seer's tower that's all it is so i mean it may be that same similar kind of thing where you if you push outside too much people are you're gonna get backlash but i don't know yeah, but I mean, it's it's not like you're forced to consume it, and I right, mean, no, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you just kind of coexist with it, and I mean, maybe that's maybe that's part of it. Is it's how does how does the player coexist with it, and like, do, you know, how much control do you need? You how much interaction do you need? In order to feel that you've been entertained, I mean, you know, it may be one of those kind of things. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm watching the launch trailer for it right now. It doesn't feel like it. It, it raises more questions than than it answers. But it's all, nothing of it is um, necessarily misleading to you. I mean, I, I know one of the things was they touted as you know, a game with no controls, which I feel might be a lie because you can apparently spin the mountain and 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 make the keyboard play music, and your keyboard literally becomes a keyboard, I guess. <laughs> no controls, automatic save, audio on/off switch. Uh, time moves forward, things grow, and things die. Nature expresses itself. That's the features of the game. And welcome to an ex existential nightmare is one of the quotes from, from uh, Giant Bomb about the game. The uh, the developer of the game, or the writer of the game... Um, or the whatever. Uh, yeah, like, the quote the quote that they have, that I, I, I kind of see where they're going with it, is uh, everything interacts with, it, with itself and everything around it throughout time and space. Everything is also a game, including this sentence, where I can make your eye move left to right and make sense of these absolute abstract shaped word 
agreed upon. You've rendered these shapes into th into thought on my behalf. It only feels like you're in control, and you are and you are for the most part. But I'm guiding you, and I want you to keep going, even though you can quit at any time. So it's kind of that actually is pretty cool. That that kind of sells it to me a little bit more from the you know the game isn't the game itself. The game is the entire experience of you playing it, you participating in it, you waiting on things to happen. You know, it, almost like in Mountain Game, game plays you a little bit. <laughs> a bit, and, and which oddly Russian reversals seem to be the style of some of the dialogue in some of this. And um, yeah, it's also described as an ambient procedural mountain game as seen on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I, I feel like that no matter what, I, I'm going to end up consuming this, probably in a large chunk of, like, what is everything it says? Well, I mean, I guess, like, I, I'm ten minutes into, like, I, well, the entire time we've been talking, I'm ten minutes into a Let's Play of it, and, you know, frankly, <laughs> I, I kind of don't know that I want it to end. Like, I know it's going to, but I, I'm... I mean, I think some of it is definitely spoiled by the fact that we all now know what it is. There might have been a, a lot like how I spoiled the fact of Catfish for you, which I think is a, is a movie that only works if you have seen the trailer and nothing else about right. it. Right, I and, can see uh, that. And, uh, because I got suckered into it by hearing Kevin Smith talk about it. I was like, you have to see this movie. Oh, God, just watch the, watch the trailer and you'll be hooked. Uh, so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll go watch the fucking trailer for this. And I'm like, fuck, what happens? And he's like, stop now if you haven't seen this movie. I'm like, fuck, I'll stop in the middle of this podcast and go watch this movie so I can end this podcast episode. And no one got eaten. And, like, throughout the entire time, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm going to want to turn this movie off. I feel like I'm going to want to turn it off, but I can't. It's a lot like, though, I, I, I feel not the same as when I watched Rubber. Are you aware of Rubber? Uh, is, uh, are, you, are you Rubber and I'm Glue? Anything you say bounces off of me and sticks to you? Um, yes, and that's also the reason why I support Rocks. Um, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to our Facebook page. You may understand. You actually may not understand even after knowing. A lot like Mountain. Which really is, I, I feel, the most philosophical comment of this entire episode so far. You may understand, though, even though you... You may, <laughs> you may not understand even though, that, now that you, you know. know. Yeah. 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 Um, a, a lot like, as technology advances, consciousness must keep up. You find your own context for that one. It's just a great sentence. Anywho, um, Rubber was a movie about a, a sentient tire that can explode things with its mind. Of course. Um, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> And it, I, I've watched it. I understood more about Donnie Darko than it, as far as the plot line. In and of itself, the movie is almost a mockery of itself, not only because of its concept. It, uh, in the process of it, I believe the viewers of the movie are in the movie. Not, not, not necessarily you yourself. You're not in the movie, Cody, if you're aware. Um, but there are, there are, I guess, representations of the audience there that are, are watching it play out as the guy that's hosting it is killing them off in, in strange ways. It's almost like threatening them to watch the movie, but not in the, or they're threatening him that they're going to watch it, but he's like doing his best to keep, to, to kill them, but they are, seem to be unaware of this. And it's a tire, and there's the police are after this tire that blows things up with its mind, and um, it's very much tries to force you to watch it. In and of, in like you have to know what's going to happen, but nothing of it is good. I mean, I guess the same way to use the tired cliche of you know you have to stare at the car crash. It's almost like that in movie. So it's even questionable if the movie in itself is good because you're like, well, it's horrible.
terrible. But I did watch the entire thing, and I've never seen that before. Almost a lot like the reason why I like why I approved of Final Fantasy Thirteen is, huh? You only experience it once it's done. Of like, oh hey, look, they made the game so linear, but that's part of the game in and of itself is that you're being forced to play it so linear, and everything you try to do is a lie in it. I feel, I feel that Mountain Rubber, Final Fantasy Thirteen, um, and Quantum Leap and Sliders are all the same in that regard. If this is your first episode, you're going to be very confused by that joke. It's it's a running gag. Don't worry about it. I like to compare things to Quantum Leap, which I, for some reason, also compare to Sliders. Which, if you are, which I guess I might take this moment to, uh, if you are a new listener to The Board Shenanigans, please, please feel free to subscribe at our iTunes, or visit our Facebook page, or use our Twitter that we don't ever use. You know, those things interact with us in some way, because we'll interact with you. Yeah, I, in a way, I like to think of our podcast in a very similar means to, to all the aforementioned things, Rubber, uh, Quantum Leap, um, the Stanley Parable. I kind of feel it's almost a commentary on on podcasts in a way, like where we're trying to you know deconstruct the podcast format, but yet live within its bounds. <laughs> don't don't you feel that s- at, at sometimes, Cody? I mean, I know I do as Emmanuel Westinghouse. Well, yes, and I know definitely, and, and not that other Ryan Brewer that you may or may not have heard of. Not to be confused with your evil twin or the guy driving in his car right now. <laughs> yeah, because time is not always in order here on board shenanigans. <laughs> An order is definitely not time. Oh! Do you know what order is also not? Uh, I bet I'm about to find out. <laughs> Why, order is also not this next segue, apparently, because I lost my list. Well, apparently you didn't check it twice. Um, no, no, I didn't. I also, it was it was neither naughty nor nice. That's right. There's your Christmas joke for the day. Uh, we're going to try and keep the Christmasness to a minimum around here because, frankly, you're inundated with it on a day-to-day basis, and it's bart, it's, you know, it's climbing in your windows, it's knocking down your doors, it's ho-ho-hoing on your city streets, and it's dinging bells to give you money. So we, we realize that it, it will not leave you alone, and all the who's down in Whoville will not fuck off. So... I'm going to try and keep all the Christmas well-wishing to a minimum, because we know you don't want to hear it. Indeed. Which, <laughs> damn it, now I have a I have a different segue that I was intending, and I was actually going to cut all of that out and put it at the end of the episode, <laughs> but now I have to use it, because I have a segue. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Christmas, you know, kicking in your windows and breaking, breaking in your doors, and putting on a black shirt and all that other stuff that Pink Floyd raged about, apparently Amarillo in, his, in itself is, is under the crime rage wave that only the Grinch himself can 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 pull. Why, yes, the very old green meanie who is the, the real meaning of Christmas, as we all remember from, like, episode four, I think, was the joke. You may or may not hear that inserted right here. There's somebody roaming the streets des- destroying Christmas decorations. <laughs> <laughs> like, poking holes in the big inflatable, you know, presents or Santa Clauses or snowmen. <laughs> uh, cutting Christmas lights. <laughs> The Christmas vandal strikes again. <laughs> Breaking <laughs> giant candy canes. Um, he's trying to take away Christmas from all the Who's, apparently. So there's that. And I don't know if there's any more to this topic in this episode or not, but I just felt that need to say that, that we were being Grinched. Have you ever been Grinched, Cody? Have you ever thought about Grinching? <laughs> well, there was this one time at SeaWorld, but that's why I can never go back. Uh, I mean, I-, I think he's just angry about his lot in life, how he <laughs> misses his calling. That's really funny to me. Like, I, I'm kind of curious, is it just willful willful vandalism? Like, does he just want to, like, do some people just like to watch the world burn? 
What was he visited by three ghosts, but his heart did not change, and it was just angry at it. See, I, I was thinking it was like the anti-Christmas come to live amongst us for a thousand years and, you know, live the world and, you know, no no joy, no no peace, no hope. All those Christmas ornaments will be broken to the ground. You know, pain, hate, and sorrow is what is what he will rule with, and he starts starts by taking down your Christmas lights and, you know, taking your presents away from you from under the tree. He's the he'll anti-Claus, make, is that what you're saying? That's right. He'll make, he'll make Santa's brown eye blue. I mean, I don't know. Like, He's just. Did he see mommy kissing Santa Claus under underneath the mistletoe last night? Is is that what drove him to this life of? of I, I, I figured of passion? maybe. I figured maybe Grandma got run over by a reindeer, and this is the way that he's uh, taking his vengeance out upon the world. It it, it could possibly possibly be. Um, I think he might actually want to x out Xmas. Uh, I, I was like, I don't know if I know any other themed Christmas song where, where Santa Claus is a bad guy. I mean, the only other <laughs> one that I just really thoroughly enjoy, which I like that we're talking about this after I bitched about not talking about this. Because <laughs> you know, I'm devious like that. <laughs> a bald shenanigans tradition. We're not going to do this, but stay tuned while we do it. We don't even believe our own our own like stances on things. Um. Anyway, the, I know there's that awesome, awesome Weird Al one where it's the night Santa went crazy, and it's like literally about Santa doing a mass shooting, which is really funny. Well. Oh. Well, there, there is that. Um, and, and then there's that, like, which, I mean, I guess it's a lot less Santa being a bad guy and the one guy being kind of date rapey, but there's that, like, it's cold outside song, which my wife uh, really, really likes, and I'm convinced it's a date rape song. I, You know, I think I might have heard something about that before. I, I don't know if I'm thoroughly knowledgeable of really any Christmas song, but that one in particular... Just like the one guy's like, hey, stay here with me. And the other chick's like, no, I can't. It's, you know, I can't. I've got an excuse. And he's like, but it's too cold. You should stay here. Here's, here's drinks and booze and candy if you stay here. And he's like begging, but it like has this really date rapey vibe to it. And honestly, and honestly, like Madison and I were watching it the other day, and the best version is there's one where Bob Hope is, and he's singing the girls' part, and it's it's pretty funny just because like he's he's you know he's doing the like, but no, I can't stay, and you know she's like, well, come on, have a have another drink. Oh, like like oh, I thought it was like two guys doing it. No, 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 it's it's just it's it's just role reversal. But it would be really funny if it was Dean Martin and Bob Hope doing it. That would be really yeah. I really thought like like Bob Hope was gonna get his. was gonna be hoping for some bobbing but <laughs> no nobody nobody hobs bobs bob's knob no no <laughs> damn i was all, i was really i'm like that's what makes it awesome <laughs> no it's just it's just role reversal that's all it is but it was still funny it was still really clever <laughs> though so. it wouldn't be that hard you know to, to you know to edit that together to where it's the other way around i'm sure I guess. I, I don't know. Do you I think just, it exists on the internet? What, I don't man, even know what I would type in to find that. Man gay? on man, baby, it's cold outside is what I'm doing. <laughs> I was going to type in gay, gay, baby, it's cold outside. Um, oh, here it is getting the gay makeover. Oh, with a video. Apparently this exists. I, it, it might, because I've cause I got gay baby it. and <laughs> Gay baby so it, I was really huh? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, like I got that far, and it came up with a video. Well, apparently, so this really... is what these people do. Um, Mr. Chase and Chris Salvador apparently do same-sex versions of uh, songs because they did a they did a same-sex version of Katy Perry's last Friday night. Apparently, this is what they do. So. Yeah, which I guess is cool. It's not what I was really hoping for. I was really like, I said, just hoping for. You're probably on the exact same article I'm on. <laughs> is it from the Huff Po? It is from Huff Po. Mm, Huff Po. 
from the HuffPo Gabo is actually what it's from. <laughs> Apparently, I know. I didn't realize that they had a. There was a separate that they were segregating the HuffPo into in, in, into into Gabos. Though you know, <laughs> though you know the way the HuffPo has been going. Um, it, I, I I feel that <laughs> the, now I'm just trying to rhyme it all. <laughs> the I'm trying to sush you. I, I hear they've been you know you know dropping their 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 journalism credentials. <laughs> Easy there. Don't strain. Don't strain that syllable while you're trying to do that. <laughs> exactly. What the hell are we talking about? I don't really know how we got here. Oh, uh, Christmas Vandal at, at his finest, and then you said you had another, uh, another segue and you were going to do something. Oh, I, yeah, I had another one prior to that. I, I thought you meant it as far as... I, though I feel we went somewhere good with that, right? Right? Well, I mean, as long as we believe, that's all that matters. Yeah, I mean, something something like that. I don't know. I, I feel I use my... It's, I feel it's your turn to segue. All Let's right. see if you can segue out of this. All right. Well, like I said earlier, hide your kids, hide hide, hide your wife, they, they, Christmas, they Christmas rape and everything out there. We have a face on. That's right, kids. It's everybody's favorite segment that we haven't done in far too long, where you find a picture from the internet that has Nicolas Cage's face on it. We call it Why face on. Do our face on theme song right now? Why I think we should. All right, Jerry. All right, wake up, wake up, and play that tasty tune. Okay, everybody, it's face on. Oh, it's a face on. Why there's Nicholas's cage face on something that it's not on. Oh, it's a face on. Oh, what? A face on? You say yes. Oh, a face on, face on, face on. It's a Nicholas cage. Uh, why? Thank you for that. Now, I really what... hope you were join me on this. I was just so like taken aback, and it's really funny that you went vaudeville with it. But I know you always. How else do you do it? I know you always go face. Can you do me like the hair metal version of the, of the face on? theme song <laughs> okay <laughs> okay here you go, <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah nicholas cage's face on something it's not supposed to be on there oh he was in a movie once called face off and we have twisted it around and now he's face on wow face out face out good night everybody and yes, as all of the listeners have illustrated, we cannot sing at all, but it doesn't stop us. Anyway, back to the point. Uh, so what we yes. have, what we have to offer you in this particular segment of Face On, and it will, it will wind up on the Twitter, Facebook, something. Um, we have Nicolas Cage on the, on the hide your kids, hide your wife, they raping everybody out there guy. Now, don't remember that particular, that particular meme. Well, by golly, that'll be on there with it too. So somebody has, <laughs> as, in- as we've already stated, uh, Borchenangans takes place out of time. <laughs> Relevant, relevance doesn't matter to us. If we think it's funny, it's funny forever. So somebody has, has expertly combined a Nicolas Cage face with the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife guy's face. And frankly, I think it's it's astounding. It's excellent work, very creative, and doesn't, you know, taking one new hot sizzling meme, combining it with one that's lost its luster... Bam! You've cre- you've created a just an amazing piece of internet culture, or something, a time capsule of our age. In fact, what do you think Anton Cage would sound like, Cody? Because this is barely the thing we're going to be doing this entire episode. I'm, we're going to bring up something, and then we're going to have to be forced to act it out, whether we like it or not. And that'll be the recurring joke of this particular episode. Stay tuned next week for whatever it's going to be. Then, um, now what I would imagine Antoine Cage Antoine Cage would sound like is it, it you know describing the uh, you know. Describing the guy that broke broke into his house, he'd have to stop 
really dramatically for no reason at all waving his hands getting uncomfortably close to the camera with that crazy eyed face and say he's climbing in your windows snatching your people up hide your kids hide your wife they raping everybody out there that's my guess so, yeah I, I was thinking it'd be something along the lines of like <clears throat> oh oh they're everywhere oh they're climbing in your windows oh they're raping your cinemas everywhere hide your kids hide your wife my bad acting is raping everybody out there oh i'm the victim's brother oh <laughs> outstanding uh, this is also apparently Brewer shows his not range in this episode. Uh, which, uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess yes, to get away with, get, get away from this for a minute. Um, because Probably a good idea! <laughs> I don't know that I have anymore, and I, frankly, I don't think I can do another Nicolas Cage impression. So, <laughs> it's really, or maybe this is just Brewer just tries to force Cody into doing something worse. Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about something. Put Cody in an uncomfortable situation. Well, I will not be put in an uncomfortable situation. You will not Oh, you're not going to tell us how your loose leg is slinky? No, and you will not make my brown eye blue. So, a cool <laughs> thing cool thing that happened today, it's our anniversary of, I suppose, I is uh, Jack, Jack Cole, it's his birthday. Blue. I mean, the guy's been dead for several years, but it's the, the anniversary of his birthday, birth anniversary. I'm not really sure what you call that. That's anyway, in his memorium... What we're gonna do on this episode is we're gonna put we're gonna, in the show notes we're gonna put we're gonna put a couple pictures of his art because the reason that Jack Jack Cole's really important is he's a he's a cartoonist he's the guy that invented Plastic Man and he's the reason that there are Playboy cartoons uh, that's the reason that, that that whole thing existed but he's super influential in like pinup art and just as a bit like the general form of drawing woman he's got a really really influential artist and honestly I love his artwork his artwork's amazing so we're gonna throw some links up so y'all can catch that shit out so. Go look at it. Go look at it now. It's it's very much worth it if you appreciate any of that kind of stuff. So, there is that. Indeed. And I'm sure our listeners do appreciate that kind of stuff, right? I don't well, know what I'm insinuating with that, but... Well, I think they do, because we have the classiest, artsiest, best-looking listeners in the world. That's right. Oh, as yeah, we, I mean... As they, we've established they, they understood long... Mountain before we even started talking about it. I mean, they they were probably aware of this. They're like, quit telling us stuff we're already looking at on, us, on our website right now. Yeah. You I... know, realistically, I think that's what they always say to us, <laughs> regardless of their character or stance on life. Quit telling us things we already know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess other thing that since we're talking about anniversaries of deals, um, today's today was also the which uh, I guess to date this will be important on twelve fourteen. This is also was also the thirty fifth anniversary of the Clash releasing London Calling, which is legitimate. Like it's their most famous album they ever did. I think it's their best selling one. I'm not gonna necessarily say it is their best album because you know rabble rabble rabble. Oh my God, how dare you not say that that's not their best album? As much as I do like the Clash, I don't think that is their one. But I. I would also encourage listeners to listen to that. If you've never heard The Clash and you don't know what I'm talking about, just finish. And like, you want to see them release The Kraken? No, you just, like, not Clash of the Titans, Clash the Band. Um, <laughs> but, but close. Uh, and his friend Bandicoot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, and it has nothing to do with with uh, Bandicoot or uh, banjos or kazooies. None of that. Um, but anyway, if if you need if you need some badass stuff to listen to, uh, go 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 listen. Go give London Calling a go. Uh, it's it, it's the one that has London Calling on it, which is literally their most famous song. Um, personal favorite on that is uh, Jimmy Jazz. That's gonna be my my what you should go listen to. So there's Cody's music. I, I can tell just by the name why it would be your favorite. It's a great song, dude. It's a great song. 
So, uh, and then I guess other things. Well, I'm kind of newsing it up for a second. Uh, why would you like to do it in old time radio news voice? <laughs> well, why, by golly, as the cub reporter sure pointed out, that'd be a darn fine idea, there, Ace. So what's going to happen tonight as the as the Los Angeles Lakers take on the Minnesota Timberwolves? Kobe Bryant is only nine points away from becoming the third all-time scoring scoring record to pass Michael Jordan. Now this is quite a quite a feat for the for the basketball player, as he's been compared to the compared to the great one Michael Jordan for most of his career. And I think by I think by passing him passing him he will he will get further into cementing his legacy as one of the greatest shooting guards of all time. Still not better better than his Annis, but way way up there. He's certain to be a Hall of Famer, and we're, we really commend, commend his excellence. So, assuming that by the time you listen to this, he will have in fact passed him as we're reporting news that hasn't happened yet, but is really quite probable. Probable news, that's what we do here at Ball Shenanigans. Why, sure, that was a lot of bothering about that. I hope it pans out to be correct, or do I? Do I have an opinion at all? Why, I don't know if you have an opinion at all about anything, but since we are in the old-timey voice, is there anything else that you have an opinion on? No. <laughs> because, because whatever time that, that you failed yes and me, I will fail to yes and you now. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you like me taking the obvious setup and saying, canceling it out? Because I thought for sure we were going to roll right into it. Sometimes I do jokes just for Cody people. (laughs) Oh, I don't know how much of this is staying in, but that's funny as fuck to me. (laughs) Hey, Brewer, we have an idea for a skit. Would you like to try that skit now? You know, we we have a lot of skits. Do you think we should just do an entire skit episode, which we keep threatening ourselves and our listeners to do one day? You know, that is a pretty good idea. So, coming soon, skit episode. We we, We just about spoiled it for you, but we're we're not going to now, so... I mean, I don't know, if it's a bad idea, just tell me. I mean, this is a podcast of honesty and truth. No, actually, I think it's that a fantastic n- idea, and you're totally right, that that would be a better fit for that, so... I just... And and by skits, we mean prepared truths that are actually existing, and in no way, skits. Right? That's absolutely. That's... There has never been more truth spoken. No! <laughs> <laughs> so funny. No! Like, dude, I... Whenever you said that, I seriously felt like a kid whenever somebody, like, hit the, hit the front brakes on your bike and you go forward. Like, I kind of had that feeling. I was like, oh, God, okay. Never mind. <laughs> because it was incredibly uncharacteristic. Like, what, Brewer? Wait, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Brewer loves talking like this. He's probably going to even use the old-timey filter on it. <laughs> It's only one of our most fav- favorite things to do. Uh, so, all right. Since we're going to do, like, since we, you know, since we put the candy in front of all of our listeners and then immediately took it away, like, right on the air, like, in front of you, y'all get to listen to that live action. Holy crap, that, wow. was, that was a Skype crash. And you know why Skype crashed? Because some of the great deals come in your way. Like, like Is that so? Yeah, by some, especially by some of our sponsors. Because you've been... Like stamps.com? That's right, Stamps.com. Because there's nothing worse in the world than going to the post office. I mean, 
you have to stand in line. You have to get leered at. What lines? You gotta get leered at. I'm by, against them. Like I hate lines. And sta- so do does you know what lines st- were invented by communists. They were. And stamps.com is here to de- help you destroy the red menace. And so by going to stamps.com, you can get your own scale and you can send your own postage to and fro from your own house. Never go to the post office again. Damn post offices in there. Wor- worst, worst invention ever. Do, do you know what post offices do? They make your brown eyes blue. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somehow I, feel, sticky. somehow I feel like there's a FedEx United States Postal Service joke in there somewhere. But frankly, I don't know enough nomenclature between those two to do that. But it's it's funny to me. <laughs> well, that's all you need to know. Uh, now, now I, I don't know about you, Brewer, but I, I'm, I'm a man that hate, hates going to the... I don't know about that myself. <laughs> I, I'm a man that hates going to the grocery store to get razors. You just hate everything, don't you? <laughs> you? Why do you hate going to the grocery store, Cody? Why? Because I hate, I hate to get razors. Because you go, you go... Did you have space problems there once? You, I have space problems. I have bathroom problems there. I have all kinds of problems whenever I go to the grocery store, but none worse than trying to get razors out of that invisible force field of you know non non thefting thing and then you got to go find Chet with the key that tells you you know that t- tells you oh he's on break and then you can't get your damn razors this isn't Chet's a, always on break this is this is not a problem with dollarshaveclub.com that's right dollarshaveclub.com has three tiers of excellent razor options to offer you for the closer cleaner shave at a much more affordable price as a, why as a member of the executive club myself i know that i've never had oh no, mr hoity-toity mr godlike fancy face in fact i am i've never had a cleaner closer shave in all my life and i've never been happier to spend less money to do it dollar shave now, club- think about it this way you could either buy a weird introspective video game about mountains or shave that's right dollar shave club make it making it do i do i want that do i want that crappy na- store brand soda out of the machine do i do i want a high quality delicious delicious made razor that's right they're so sure you can eat them they're so amazing you'll want to just the same way that that good-looking gal that you've been eyeing and accounting will want to eat your face as, as it's nice and smooth speaking of delicious um things that go on your face fr- on your face from the bathroom yeah this is not that at all <laughs> are you aware that there are gold-plated toothbrushes in the world i was unaware that there are gold-plated toothbrushes in the world yes th- there are and i just felt you needed to know that about this world that you can get a gold-plated toothbrush does it offer any like dental benefits is it improved is it well, approved by the american dental association please well, tell I, me I, more think be- I, I think because of its gold plating platiness um that makes it very resistant to bacteria ah it's not expensive enough to stop the common man from having a frivolty but you know just classy enough to be to think every time you're brushing your teeth you feel a little bit more like the king <laughs> and don't we all because i feel ladies would have silver plated ones i guess when they have platinum plated ones perhaps which other thing i learned which has nothing to do with ads uh, other thing I learned... Does it have anything to do with things that go on your face in the bathroom? It could. It, it, could. it, it mildly has to do with Precious Metal, which, by the way, I've always been surprised that there was not a metal band named Precious Metals. But anyway, I digress. I, I See, I, I'm curious about that. Um, Do you think they'd be a metal band? Or do you think Precious Metals would be like more like a, a girl pop band? See, I think it would be a girl metal band. If there was an all-girl metal oh, band, oh, yeah, it yeah. would be Precious Metals. So, if you're an all-girl metal band out there trying to come up with a name... Remember, Precious Metals is available, and Board Shenanigans gave it to you. Helping generate band names since nigh on eternity. I mean, I guess if you spell it with, like, 
you know, like like weird symbols in it and, and shortened. And then you use medals as in like awards. It could be like a rap R and B group. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> but like one now that's the definition of digressing. That is definitely a digression. Um, but regressing for a moment. One thing I did learn uh, the other day is actually in I th- I think it's predicted to happen in 2015. So it's coming up. The uh, the price of gold is actually going to come to the point where it's going to be just as expensive as platinum, and it's going to eclipse platinum. So it's actually going to be cheaper to buy platinum than it's going to be to buy gold soon. Oh, well, that, that's a thing. You definitely egressed that conversation for sure. Well, you know, you egress, you regress, and I mean, you know, circumjack your backjack sometimes, and you wind up talking about these things. I mean, I don't remember hearing a while back something about the that the price of platinum was going to was gonna skyrocket because um, platinum is an integral part in, like, well, for instance, flat screen TVs right and like LCD technology and at least that was a, a problem for a while which um, comes back to those dirty commies because the largest source of plat- platinum deposits are in Russia damn dirty commies no they're not commies anymore the, call a commie by any other name and he's still a commie <laughs> once a commie always a commie <laughs> yeah. Just like them stinking krauts. Or those goddamn red coats. <laughs> I know, right? And you know what a red coat is? A coat that's well, red? That. <laughs> you know who else has red coats? Commies. <laughs> Commies are the worst of all of them. They have red coats and they're reds. <laughs> oh, see, I thought we were going to like somehow imply that the British were communists. It was what I was sort of hoping we were going for. <laughs> no, what we were implying that that no, no matter what America's natural enemy is anybody wearing red. <laughs> Think about it. The British the Russians, the Indians, both of them. <laughs> Santa Claus? It's a good thing them goddamn Canadians never raised the stinker. We'd be up we'd be up there too. <laughs> I don't know, that's why we always keep our eye on them. <laughs> oh, it's damn not Canadian reds. bacon, it's ham, damn it. Get it right. Exactly. Well, that's why we segregated out as Canadian bacon, because we don't even we don't even import the good stuff to them, you know. <laughs> we'll let them import the I know how importing works, that's all that matters. And I know Canadians don't get it. Oh, you can keep your damn Tim Hortons and keep... You know what? Take your hockey leagues back, too. We don't want them. <laughs> apparently we're at war with Canada as well as Australia. Exactly. I don't uh, I don't want their maple leaves or their koalas. <laughs> all, all maple leaves are is another food source for koalas, right? Am I right? I don't know. Am I right? <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a serious question. How does ko- I don't know. koala biology work? I don't know. Well, a koala, and, and, if a koala's alone with a maple leaf, will it eat it? I don't know. I don't know. This is, a, this is never... Well, I mean, from what I understand, koalas are stoned the majority of the time, so the answer probably is yes. <laughs> Just be careful of the drop bears. <laughs> oh, the drop bears! Uh, for, the, for our humble listeners... For our humble listeners out there, which you may not be aware of, is there's a... Uh, is that an episode that hasn't released yet? That is true. I, I forgot about that. Just because that that's another thing that happens here oftentimes. Apparently, we're reca- besides us narrating things we do to people that listen to us regularly, like they don't See, occasionally things. what we like to do is we like to go take an aside in the middle of the episode and talk about what things have been talked about in other episodes that we talked about. See, what I'm doing is I'm narrating as narrating now. And which, that just became a narration of me narrating as narrating. Which, that makes this a narration of me narrating the fact that we narrated our narrations. Which, you know what that means? This is, Cody? Useless. 
Oh, so anyway, one other thing that happens on here semi-regularly is we just because we talked about a thing on an episode doesn't mean we've released that episode yet. That gets convoluted from time to time. So, you know, news from the past, in the future, or in the future from the past, or, you know, it's like it's a lot like Quantum Leap around here, I guess. And to, to quote my <laughs> hey, co-host. My yeah, apparently to quote my co-host. Um... <laughs> So, uh, I don't know how to get out of this. Things that the show does. (laughs) Hey, Brewer, I don't know how to segue any different than this. I saw a pretty funny movie with my wife and Kevin and Misty the other day. I question that. Intermission. Anyway, funny movies... So, uh... Or. Or. <laughs> you be the judge of that. So, uh, we went and watched that uh, Horrible Bosses 2 movie, which I don't know if you're aware of this at all, but, um, it was pretty goddamn... I am aware of it. It's pretty goddamn funny. I, I wasn't particularly interested in the first one. Honestly, like, the first one was pretty funny, too. I I, it's, I enjoyed them. I, I, I really did. I thought they were both pretty goddamn funny. It was one of those rare occasions where a sequel to a comedy that was really funny was actually equally as funny, because usually when they do that, they just keep getting worse and worse until, you know... You've got just bad all over the place. Yes. I was trying. <laughs> Give us an example. Um. Well, like Nate. Well, I don't know. The Naked Guns were okay, I guess. I mean, I think they got progressively worse. Uh, I don't know. Then you like, well, you wind up in like scary movie territory, even though none of those were really funny. So. <laughs> I just want to see if you get how many people you could alienate by your by your movie choices. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I mean, next thing you know, I, you know what? I don't want the kind of people that watch Will Ferrell and Bill and Stiller movies to listen to our podcast. I said it. Oh, he said it, people. Um, I want them to download it for sure. I didn't say I didn't want them to download it. I just don't care if they listen to it. <laughs> what do you do with a podcast when you instead of down like when you download it but don't listen to it? I think is, is there some sort of weird, weird realm in which podcasts exist that have been downloaded but not listened to? I kind of looked at it as like the guys that collect classic things, like the guys that collect Hot Wheels and never play with them, or gun collectors that never shoot their guns, or car collectors. You know, it's one of those things where they collect they collect the rare ones that are really unique, and they just like let them sit on a shelf and happily like occasionally they go and they open up their computer and they look at all the files and never open them and take them out of the packaging but man look at that collection isn't that wonderful see i was kind of thinking of you know in in two regards one it could possibly be like the podcast version of limbo where (laughs) it's probably the more accurate one um either that or a lot like you know the person that buys, you know, the you know the, the the piece of classic literature, like he buys Faust and puts it on his shelf, and is like, "I'm gonna read that when I have time," or you know, like, you know what? I'm gonna watch this documentary series about the flight migrations of you know the African honeybee, or you know, he so he puts it on his DVR, it sits there for you know three years, where he finally is like, "Ooh, gotta delete that," or he's moving, he's like, you know, do I need all these books uh, about classic literature and and, and this in history? Eh, I don't know. Or, I kind of thought it would be a lot like more like that. That, one of those two. A lot of the, you know, a lot like those people, the people that put, you know, get a coffee table and then sit art out on it to look that they, they like something, but when in fact they actually, you know, only like the idea of liking it. Now, now, now. Did this go to a weird? <laughs> did this go to a weird turn? There's no reason to criticize your own coffee table, because I know for a fact that he's that he's. I don't. <laughs> I'm an American. I don't drink my coffee at a table. I drink it in my hand while doing things. 
He makes these claims, but I know for a fact, having seen his coffee table that, you know, that has pictures of male nudes in repose, too, on it, I've seen it. He acts like he like he acts like he likes these ju- these jumbled up, you know, modern art paintings, when in fact he doesn't. He has no regard for them at all. In fact, I don't like jumbled up modern art paintings. I, I feel we should take a moment to talk about this, because I feel, <laughs> and, and totally fuck off on your movie, because I feel this is a, a, an important part, and goes a lot with our mountain discussion. How do you feel about the abstract, you know, the cerebral um, art opposed to, 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 to visual art. Honestly, I kind of love it all. I, I And I know that's such a shitty cop-out answer, but I, 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 the best comparison I can say is, I look at, um, at art, you know, whether it's traditional art or impressionist art or, you know, like abstract, crazy modern art stuff, I look at it the same way I kind of look at symphony music or opera. I don't understand that much of it. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of what really make this one better than that one I, I know that when I walk in I, I kind of pick it out and I dig it and I enjoy you know I like this one better than that one but I kind of enjoy the whole deal I, I kind of enjoy all of it and I don't really know I, and I think it's because I am so ignorant of the entire thing that I kind of just enjoy it for enjoying it and kind of kind of enjoy my own bliss of ignorance really is my my answer which is probably not the best one but that's what it is yeah see I mean I, I draw the line at, at like uh oh the the, the pipe oh, um um uh, Treachery of Images is the name of the painting, uh, which it's a picture of a pipe, and below it, in French, it says, this is not a pipe. And that's where I draw the line. Anything, it's literally that. It's just a picture of a, of like a smoking pipe, and below it in French, it says, this is not a pipe. Um, and that's where I draw the line at cerebral art. Anything more abstract than that, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, you know, when someone, you know, goes and takes, you know, a banana and sets it on a chair in front of a window and calls it, you know, hillside bliss. I'm like, no, 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 you're, you're, you're no. Or that guy that's poem is just a blank space in the page. Nuh-uh, you're cheating. That's <laughs> the only reason why I feel that stuff exists is, is to either make a mockery of the, of the, of the good stuff or, or for hipsters to, to clamor to it about how it's deep and meaningful. I, man, see, I don't, I don't really... I don't mind it. I don't, because sometimes it... I, I think... I mean, no matter how cool it looks when you throw paint on it, like, I'm just gonna get a whole bunch of paint things and throw them at this thing, and then there's this jumble up of colors, and I'm like, ah, that's cool, but I can do that. But see, I guess I look at it this way, of like, I don't really decide... In my head, no, I'm trying to think of a good way to compare it. I think there... Such thing as gimmicky art exists, and I guess the best, for instance, I have, and it's not even really visual art as much as it's poetry, but I have a poetry book that I bought because it was a little gimmicky, but it was so different, I kind of liked it, was a guy took pages and i think i may have talked about it on here but a guy took pages from the new york times and instead of and and blanked out blanked it out with a sharpie to make to make poetry really cool idea and it's really interesting and it's very different but after about 30 pages of it you kind of get the point and it's not really that good it's okay it's more the idea was cool than the actual you know it, but it was a good idea I, I think it's a great idea for one yeah for sure but but it's and you know i'm sure you have to try a few times the different new york times pages so you might have three or four of them you're like ah oh, this is the one i really like and here's some others right yeah and i and i, and I know that, but so much of art in general is so subjective to whatever hits whatever person and i know it hits people differently so i mean to me it was that was a great 
idea and I bought it. I, I, I which see, I guess that's the problem with it is it's a great idea and it's and it's you know I guess to use the terms for the genre avant garde. You know, doing it once, but after you know you do it multiple. T- once you have you know thirty pages of that, you know it just becomes an, an iteration of that same thing and ceases to be what the fir- what made the first one so great. And I I agree with that. I I, I think that I, I think that it's just one of those things where you have to kind of take it for what it is. Like I know there's and I think certain people enjoy certain things. Like as much as I dislike it, like I think Rob Liefeld's art is terrible as far as comic arts go. I think it's horrible that '90s art with the huge fucking shoulder pads and like the we have the one the one piece of metal on our arm and like nothing else. And I, I don't I hate that shit. I think it's stupid. Or but I figured there are people that enjoy that, and so I kind of can't take it take it away from them. And a lot of it is I don't have that I don't have that ability to draw that anyway. So who am I to who am I to judge? But but I mean I can kind of see where the intrinsic nature of that exists and why it could be a be an interest not only from like an aesthetics point of view but also from uh from what it what it represents in, in time and culture. But you know when we're doing something almost just to be like purposely like I'm gonna be so arty that I'm like the most arty artist of all art and like so no other arts Tim Burton for instance. See I I understand that point like yes whenever you're fucking pre- you know you're you're pre- you're you're st- like, ah! whenever your head stuck up your own ass to be stuck up your own ass like when that happens I, I get it you're just being precocious for the sake of it and it doesn't it doesn't help anything it doesn't show anything ah oh, yes my art's so much more superior to your art yes I I, I feel it's like intellectually dishonest I mean almost, it's all it is whether they are aware of it or it, not I think a lot yeah and I do agree whenever somebody takes something and they draw like a dot on a piece of paper and they and it gets hung in a gallery and you know like oh look how deep it is I think it definitely is stuck up its own ass just for the sake of being stuck up its own ass now the original like there was a point once whenever everything was super impressionist or everything was super realistic and somebody was like you know what I'm just gonna do geometric shapes on a page and it's gonna be really simple and it was revolutionary that that happened once so I don't really have a problem with it or people in it you know and so much of it is and I know I keep drawing back to poetry but poetry is what I understand and what I like so that's where I keep going back to it a lot of it is you have to be what is what was they trying to represent what were the scenarios that are, are around it so you can have some context for it I know that that's not always totally possible but it is kind of important to at least understand the context of it before you go and you know throw you know throw judgment down and I'm not trying I'm not trying to like you know defend anything but I, I, I guess a good thing I can see is like okay you know whenever you see like I don't speak gang or speak street art or whenever you know when something's graffitied and half the time I don't know what the fuck it says I have no context for it so it doesn't mean anything to me other than squiggly colorful lines but but I mean that might actually be something that's that's something to somebody that understands it so and you know I kind of look at it like that a little bit but I, I I do agree that yes it is hard to it's like with indie flicks or whatever it is hard to take some of it for any being other anything other than oh I'm so deep and I'd explain it to you but you just you don't understand it and yeah I mean that's kind of like you always I guess back to the mountain um I, I I feel like you know you could go too far with that and I mean obviously because you know you're as you put it to you, your your experience you know, its experience is, is is what you're getting not not the gameplay aspect of it and I'm like yeah okay I understand that and I and I think the as- aspect of seeing you know the the like oh hey look it's introspective about it's a mountain being intro- introspective about itself and that's supposed to be a symbolism of, of yourself a lot like how you know like the Stanley parable was like 
well, it's it's almost a game about games, but hidden. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I see where that's going. But, you know, once you get too far past that point, it really does just become... It, it becomes to a point where people are like, I, the only reason why they like, like something is like, well, because if I like this, it shows something about me more than it does about me experiencing something out of it. I, I... If someone was sitting there, you know, playing the mountain game two, out, two three hours a day, you know, twice a week for, for a month, I would say, you know, you're trying to say something. You're, you're trying to hold on to an ideal that doesn't represent what, what the medium is trying to go for. Or you're trying to say something by your playing it, which could be a valid thing if you could figure out how to say that in such a way that it ex it's it's an ex expression more of the, 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 the experience than of what you're trying to represent in yourself that you feel other people should see. I think there could be a little bit more validation to it other than trying to glom onto something for, for its for its perceived nature. I mean, I can see like where like the, 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 the hurling colors at the at the at the at the, the, the page could, you know, could, could like represent the futility of art and how the struggles and stuff, but you know, once you once you know multiple people have done that, what do you, what are you saying now? You're, you're saying I need to decorate a, a dentist's office. But I mean, I, I think to you know, if I were, I, I I dig that kind of thing. I do because I think it's really cool. Like, cause you random, it's you know, randomization thrown at at it, and you know, it looks cool or whatever. But I totally agree with your point of I think people in general just just do things to make themselves look better, look deeper than they are, instead of you know, either trying to learn and understand it in order to make a to make an actual informed decision about it or just liking what they like for the sake of liking it i mean if you don't like art there's no reason to have that fucking coffee table book like you know like i i don't and i and i'm, I'm not trying to focus on myself like i'm some you know fucking anything special but i don't care about the difference between a woodwind and a tenor and whatever i'm listening to. i don't give a shit with classical music i really don't care i like what i like i know the couple people i like i don't even know like i know i like wagner but i don't even really know what plays he did or didn't do i don't really know I, I i know and you know i know a little bit but i don't care enough to go out of my way to find it i just kind of like i just oh i like him and you know vivaldi's pretty good but that that's about the extent yeah, and, of it and, you know mozart's w way too you know light for this kind of work um <laughs> that's a quote for the professional by the way you'd like <laughs> beethoven you remind me of a beethoven guy or you or you can, you can go with a uh, mash and go ah bach and you just look bored and anyone says you know uh Chashkovi or or, or Tchaikovsky, I don't know. How even, see, I don't even know how to yeah. say that shit because it's not something that I, I don't care if people think. You just look bored. That's all yeah, you like I'm, I, it's not something that you know. My knowledge of classical music is derived only from Alan Alda. See, and I, I don't think that's a thing. I don't understand. Like, if somebody came, okay, I guess the best friend. Which I can see that I see the merit in classical music. I'm not. I'm not right. Right. No. That. No. I, I, I'm not calling it a, a Jackson Pollock painting. But 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 um, I, I guess the way I guess the way I would look at it is like, all right, Jared, our resident music music expert, you know, the jazz god that he is, he obviously likes jazz. And I think if your average person talked to him that wasn't really, didn't know Jarrett, they would kind of think, oh, well, what a sophisticated, cultured person, you know, because you know all this stuff about jazz, can talk intelligently about jazz. Whenever I look at it, it's like, no, the motherfucker just likes jazz. That's what he digs. And uh, he knows more about it than I do, and I kind of, I am... You look at the same person that says, you know, when you're tying a girl up, you gotta give her just a little bit of wiggle room that she's yeah, I, I see the same person that we played. I don't know how many hours of fr of freaking Command and Conquer with, or the. I, I mean, you know, I. That's who I see. I don't see. I don't. I mean, as for as talented as much as I I love Jared, that's that's who I see because that's what he like. You know, that's just who he is to me. So I, I think that is a lot of it is where you, you you're looking like you're puffing up your resume. You know, I I, I I feel that I feel that that definitely exists in the realm of any time you talk about art. It's just a way for people to 
feel more sophisticated or to puff themselves up like they, more than they are. Whenever, realistically, I don't know that that's part of it. I, I don't think that it matters, you know? Which I, I you know, I, I think, you know, goes back to great philosophical arguments of, of, of all time, you know. Oh, fuck, I can't remember. I can't remember it exactly. I can't think of who says it right now. It's late and I don't care. But it's it's basically like morals. It's a, it's a moral versus ethics conversation about um, how much of morals are, are things you wish people to see in you and how much of things are things you actually believe in yourself. And I see, like, that right there. Like, you obviously, you dig philosophy more than I do. I know you do. I mean, I think it's interesting, but I, you care a lot more than I do about it. I, I'm sorry. That's cool that you do, and I like it when you do it because you care about it, and I love hearing people talk about things they're passionate about but it doesn't puff up my opinion of you it doesn't like i like you for are you sure i, I like you because i liked you before your knowledge of philosophy and science doesn't change my but, opinion of you but then the question is is that the reason why you liked me in the first place whether you were aware of it or not see what just happened listeners is i knew he was gonna do that I knew somehow this would get turned into some philosophical thing and he would use it to puff up his own ego in some in some <laughs> way. I, I knew it, I saw it, well, and I still bit and went with it. So Well it, there's that. That kind of almost goes back, you know, to the, the nature of the self, in fact. How how much of decisions are, are based on chemistry and physics and, and you know the, the, the movement of atoms and, and the way strings vibrate. Or how much of it is, you know, actual willful thought. And can you discern the two? Now that was me just showing off. <laughs> no, you know what I think is really funny is we had none of this art or philosophy planned, and this is the exact same episode we were talking about a country song as an anal rape ballad. Like, I just think it's funny that we well, we've is. managed we've managed to do both. We've covered both on this episode. I am proud. As I'm a proud, proud podcaster right now. I don't know about you. You know, I, I think this happened the last time Professor P actually sent us something too, was in which we talked about some sort of deep literature along with um, really really dirty stuff. I can't remember what it was, but um, it could have been Jesus' cunt for all I don't know. Remember, yeah. it's, and you'd think you'd remember a thing like Jesus' cunt. It'd be the holiest of holies. <laughs> it, 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 it would be. <laughs> don't know what we're talking about when we say Jesus' cunt. Just Google that, or just, you know, probably actually Googling that would find I, it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confirm that right now. Yeah, let's 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 do so. Um, I I will do it in an incognito browser just to just to make sure it's not some sort of weird. Um, I will. I mean, you get Jesus is a cunt. I'm getting. Um, and how uh, would anybody confuse those two? So I mean, you know, but but nothing actually talking about about um, the holiest of holies on the holiest of holies. I I feel. I think transsexual Jesus is definitely uh, still unique to us. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're still there. Or 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 that Jesus is the is the is the Joan of Arc of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Wouldn't that be you know, embarrassing to everybody? Yeah, you know, yeah. You, you die. You get up there and be like, "Holy Christ! You're <laughs> you're a woman." I know the massages of the church rewrote it to make me a man and not a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I literally spoke to Walt Disney. <laughs> That's why he speaks like this whenever he talks like me. I am. <laughs> that's that's a thought. Like Mickey Mouse is Jesus is Christ, Jesus Christ incarnate. Indeed, yes. Well, I guess it'd be Minnie Mouse. I guess we'd be completely accurate. I guess it is true. That was even Walt Disney's revisionist history. What did Minnie Mouse actually do? I mean, like, seriously. Like, for a living? <laughs> like, because we know that Mickey Mouse was a steamboat captain? <laughs> sure. Why not? 
What, what 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 did she actually do? Like what what what? Is, <laughs> I mean, does she do anything outside of like, oh God, Nikki, please save me? Is that all she exists? She exists to do? Are you saying she's the Princess Peach of uh, the Disney I universe? Th- I, I think so. I mean, well, I, does I think I'm onto something? Well, Princess Peach, you know, got a, a full long backstory and and, and a sister and uh, her, her own games where she's apparently bipolar. See, I I don't know. I just I feel like that's all she exists for. And then, like, wasn't she the queen or something in the Kingdom Hearts? I think I feel like she was the queen or something. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. I, I I haven't followed it. I like Final Fantasy characters a lot, but you know, I don't know if I care enough to watch them you know, goof around with Goofy. I just I just didn't know she, like what what her purpose was outside of like, oh, save me, Mickey, and give me a purpose. Well, I mean, you know, I well, she she started out as, as a career in um, getting your tickets on on trains. You know, the, the, the tickets, please, lady. Okay, that, that's where she really started out. But she she liked the idea of you know seeing the world and going to new places, and but thought the only way to do it would be either a hobo or you know <laughs> stewardess of trains, I guess, or whatever the, the track attendant. Then after that, she used her time there, and obviously you know because you're just riding you're riding the rails a lot. I mean, you don't you don't need much of a house, so she saved up a lot of money and um, doing a lot of like you know through the mail courses. Because this is all, you know, I've tried to keep this period, apparently. Because <laughs> that's important. We don't want to have any inaccuracies on our, uh, like, cartoon mice. But no, no, of course not, no. After that, she started a career in law, but quickly determined that was not the route for her. Because not only did, did she realize how much of, you know, well, oddly enough, red tape there is in law, that she didn't, her, her passion wasn't, you know, defending, but, but not in that way. So she bounced around from a few, from a few different things. Um, for a while, was was in campaigning for you know uh, you know third party organizations, you know helping them with their their cause of the week. She went from there, you know, to counselor for a while, but then finally decided on uh, <laughs> on that she wanted to um, get into the furniture because she realized what helps people more than having a comfortable chair to sit on or or a place to put books that make them look pretentious. Truly, the the great mouse so that's mouse what she was humanitarian of our time. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we all grow up and realize that, you know, eventually th- those dreams and hopes of stuff like that, th- they were just, you know, childhood flights of fancy and realized the the true calling, which was um, uh, furniture construction and sales, which ties her right back into being Jesus, if you didn't catch that really quick little quib there. Oh, because she's a carpenter and Jesus was a carpenter. Oh, I almost dro- drove right past that one. I know you're not very observant with things like that. <clears throat> Why, I'm the most observant observer to ever... Mouse <laughs> There you go. Like, M-I-C-K-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Donald Duck! Mickey Mouse! <laughs> <laughs> Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> the dude wears my car of their era. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, um, well, with uh, with that, with with the the lives and t- life and times of Minnie Mouse, I don't know a better way to close out this particular episode. So, Brewer, do you have any good do you yes. have any good words to leave the people with to help them throughout the week and further on into the into eternity? Um, in fact, I want to do something a little different this week. In- instead, instead of good words to bring you upon your your day, I would like us to sit and reflect on life and its meanings. The silence shall embody. The, the pit of man's depth of passions and perversions, it'll it'll show you the, the extent at which our cells exist in, in relation to the cosmos. It, it'll fill you with the existential terror and the height of bliss. Amen. 
Oh man, it's been, it's been a long day. I don't know what could make my day better. Do you know Jolene? Why, in fact, I do. That would be going to bspodcast.us. Oh, I've heard about that, especially on their Facebook page and their Twitter, and I think I have them in my iTunes feed. Also, Stitcher. Oh, I'm sure you do, because they're the sexiest boys on all the podcasts. Yes, indeed they are. So, I think I think we should all go and enjoy, enjoy some of their fine soup eating right now. Oh, indeed. It's funny to us. Yeah, that's all that matters. Record. I said record. Well, I'm, yeah, Are you I'm recording. Reco- yeah, I, record I'm- now. <laughs> Hurry up! We're running. There's no time here, man. And presumably, if you weren't recording yet, why would I be shouting at you to do it now? Because it wouldn't be synced, and it'd act like this is a frantic thing. I just have to start over, and it'd be wasted energy. <laughs> I don't understand anything anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Up is down. Blue is white. Green is a whale. I don't know. Sorry, I was too much intrigued by this mountain.